0: I didn't know how else to feed my family, but through um, cooking family recipes from my mom's notes, my old recipe notes. These were my coping mechanisms.
1: Leaving your country of origin and settling in a new and foreign land comes with a lot of challenges, traditions, customs, fashion, language, jargon, and food, especially food. Writer, artist, and cookbook author Betty Ann Carino and her family left the Philippines in the 1990s for a work-related opportunity to America. And without the ever-present technological gadgets of today, connection to her family in the Philippines was extremely limited. So Betty Ann used what she knew would bring some semblance of familiarity to her family.
0: My oldest son knew about America. He actually was very excited about moving, but my younger son needed more adjustment. He didn't like the cold, he didn't like when the snow was on his face, he would cry. You know, I did my best to get the family settled and feel like this was home. It took a couple of years for for all for the four of us to finally realize we were home. And food was a big part of it. Uh, I had packed with me, in my suitcases, my mom's old cookbooks. They're dog-eared and yellowed, and the uh, original covers are falling off. The, whatever cookbooks or notebooks I had were to confirm or validate that I was doing things correctly.
1: Welcome to the Heritage Cookbook Project podcast, where we document and preserve heritage by connecting with cooks across the country who share food memories, family recipes, and a little bit of themselves. And I'm your host, Leigh Olson.
0: My children were growing up in America, and they wanted to be raised as Americans, you know. So there was a lot of rebellion also towards tradition and things that I tried to teach them. I used to make lunches for them, and I was very mindful that they would also want to try and blend with the school, with their friends. So I did not impose on them traditional Filipino food for for their packed lunches. But at home every night for dinner, I would make sure that we sat together no matter how busy the day was. We, we always sat together, had our meals together, prayed before meals. And we would try to have Asian or Filipino food, which I always cook from scratch.
1: It was important to Betty Ann that her family was well fed and that the boys understood the importance of their cultural foods and that they had the resources to prepare those foods.
0: I I made sure they knew how to cook, you know, life skills, along with learning how to drive and washing their clothes and cleaning their room. They needed to learn how to cook. Before they went off to college, before my eldest went off to college, I started writing my recipes. In a yellow pad, which I always have on my desk. You know, I couldn't give him my notebook because I needed that. And my son said, what are you doing? "Oh, you're bringing this with you, I said. These are my recipes, so if you have time to cook. My oldest son said, Mom, nobody writes anymore. What do you mean, I said. And he said, nobody writes things on paper anymore, especially on a yellow pad. And he said... You need to start a blog. I didn't even know what the blog was. And I asked him, what is it? And he said, both boys said, okay, we'll create one for you. You put your recipes there and your photographs. And it's up to you, mom. We're not going to teach you anymore how to do anything. My goal was really to make sure my sons were well fed and that they knew they had resources if they needed
1: Betty Ann discovered that the blog was not only a resource for her boys, but it became a way for her to document the dishes that she'd grown up with in rural Philippines, and to share how she was able to find ways to create those dishes in her American kitchen every day.
0: I grew up in a small rural agricultural town in the Philippines called Tarlac, which is uh, north of Manila. My mother was a homemaker. And my father was a farmer at heart. He you know, we had a farm and he grew produce and, and raised cattle and livestock. And that was the life I, I, I had growing up. My mother cooked every day from scratch three meals a day. My father's rules were as far as eating was concerned and meals prepared, we could only me eat what came from the farm in the backyard. So now I'm actually surprised to see the term farm to table as a buzzword because that was the life I grew up with. I remember as a little girl, it was my assignment to, to go and get the eggs from the backyard. I used to collect eggs for the day and put them in my little basket. And for years, I actually thought that eggs were always brown, brown brown-colored shells. Around the age of seven or eight, when my mother uh, brought me to the city for the first time, I saw eggs were white. You know, they had white eggshells. And I asked, well, who washed the eggs? We also had an abundance of coconut trees in our backyard they lined the perimeter of our home. Moving to America was a total different world for me. As far as being a mother and a wife and, and cooking in the kitchen, it was a lot of the, it, it took years for me to find ingredients that I could use easily.
1: After the break, Betty Ann shares her memories of a very special Sunday dinner around her family's table in the Philippines, why this dish was so important to her in America, and some advice that I found surprising. Hi, it's Lay from the Heritage Cookbook Project. It's been my absolute pleasure to introduce you to some of the contributors to this project and share their special recipes and stories on this podcast. Throughout the project, people have asked where they can get the cookbook honestly, I'd only ever intended for this project to live online. But I think I may have been talked into creating a cookbook celebrating heritage recipes and stories in a printed format. But I need your help. I would love to hear what you would expect from a cookbook like this. If you could take a minute and fill out a quick survey, I would so appreciate it. You can find the survey at theheritagecookbookproject.com slash survey. You can also find the link in the show notes and on the website. And now back to Betty Ann and Spanish-style Filipino cocido.
0: My mother had the cocido, she called it. We would all sit down together with my parents. And the soup, I remember the soup was separate, served separately. You know, Filipino food is served family-style. In big platters. Then we, we pass along the, the platters and then help ourselves. Mom put the soup in a soup, big soup bowl of, uh, it was a Pyrex. You know, one of those old style, uh, vintage Pyrex, uh, bowls. I remember it was even colored green. My father was at the head of the table and I sat on his right. My mom sat on his left. So, uh, I remember The soup was between my dad and me, and my dad loves soup, so we always needed soup. Even if it was a warm, tropical country, we always started the meal with soup. So my dad would um, uh, ladle the soup in individual soup bowls and um, give it to each of us. He would do that. And then my mother had the entire large bandejado, the oval platter, of all the meats, the the ham bone, the chicken, the pork, that will be the centerpiece of the table. The boiled vegetables were in a separate square pyrex. And then you know she will she would arrange it very beautifully, the, the cabbage and the potatoes and the carrots and And the bean, green beans and everything. And you know, all these things, all these vegetables were grown in my in, in the backyard in her farm. There would be the side dishes of the um, eggplant hash and the tomato sauce, which I remember my mother prepared that from tomatoes that my father grew. And she would prepare that ahead so that it would be sweet. You you know, she would boil and boil and boil it. It's making me very hungry thinking about it right now. (laughs) I I used to love to, to. to gather to put all these ingredients on my plate with rice, and my favorite thing to do was scoop some tomato sauce and pour it all over. You need it like that, that was delicious. And the reason why I like it is because when I came to America, if you notice, the Asian ingredients are, are not as uh, prominent. So that you could prepare it. In fact, not just in America, anywhere in the world. If I'm a Filipino living in Rome, Italy, I could make that. It was comfort food. So the feeling was always your home. You can only have this beautiful, comforting uh, dish at home. When we were moving to another country and here in America, I told my father that we were getting ready to move. He said, "You're going to have a very hard time, and I don't want that for you." My father was right. I did have a hard time in, in, in a lot of ways, emotionally, physically, socially. And you know, and at the end of the day, it was always comforting to have a home cooked meal on the table. And I'm hoping. It was also a comfort to my sons when they were growing up and learning and, and adjusting. So, yeah.
1: I asked Betty Ann what advice she had for making this dish, expecting to hear her talk about the harvesting of your own ingredients from the garden and the importance of spending hours and hours making it. But that's far from the answer that I got.
0: This dish is uh, time-consuming, I, I admit. If you cook it the old way, stove top, traditional, you're crazy. If you're going to try and cook the way my mom did, like she'll start on Friday. If the meal was on Sunday, she'll start cooking on Friday and still be cooking on Saturday and still be cooking on Sunday. The meal was delicious. But the thing is, life is not like that. Uh, I would advise you can do shortcuts by using slow cookers, instant pots pressure cookers, you know, take advantage of what we have in our world now to transform what we used to have before. You know, this is not your grandmother's time anymore. Sure, we want to cook the way our grandmothers cook, the way our mothers cook, but we're not living in their era anymore. The train has left that station, so, you know, let's let's move forward. Let's just embrace what we have now, the resources we have now, so we can continue doing what our mothers and grandmothers taught us in a faster, more efficient way. And let's just keep cooking with love.
1: I hope you enjoyed hearing Betty Ann's story about Spanish-style Filipino quesito and the comfort a home-cooked meal provides. If you want to hear more stories like this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To see some of the images of Betty Ann's Casito and to get the recipe, please visit theheritagecookbookproject.com. The Heritage Cookbook Project podcast was produced and edited by me. I'm Leigh Olson. I'll be back in two weeks with the last episode of season one, fan fiction and herb roasted turkey legs. Until then, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget that cooking with love is the most important ingredient that you can add to any dish.